0: good thing is that I've done a little bit of research of what's the adoption of TikTok on our potential avatar, our prospects, our best type of leads, which are usually people that are above 45, 40 years old, 50 years old, all this. And that ado- adoption is pretty like surprising. About 30% of people in TikTok have 40 plus. And that means that as it gets more adopted, and because it has such a high engagement,
1: there's an opportunity to get to your right person. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Penn, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. What's going on investors and welcome to episode 261 of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today we have Esteban Andrade on the show. Esteban is a real estate investor and the founder and CEO of Hesel Media, a digital marketing agency. In this episode, Esteban will share the best practices to generate direct-to-seller leads online as well as the future of digital marketing on other platforms such as TikTok and YouTube. If you want to learn how to get direct seller leads and how digital marketing works, then you need to listen to this episode. As always, if you're an active real estate investor and need a hard money loan for your next project, you can reach out to me directly at Sean at EverythingREI.com. That's S-E-A-N at EverythingREI.com. And now, on to the show. All right, Esteban, thank you so much for being on the show today. Go ahead and let us know who you are and tell us what you do.
0: Thank you, Sean, for having me in this show. It's an awesome show. I want to tell you more about me. So... I'm just like every single one of you guys. I am uh, just a, a business owner, human being that's trying to like achieve some great things and huge goals that I have, take care of my family, all through uh, real estate. I went into the real estate game early on, maybe 2017. That's when I started seeing a lot of Detroit. Detroit is the city where you see a lot of distressed homes and you see opportunity when you see this. When you have an entrepreneur in mind, you start running around in your head like, hey, what can I do if I fix this up or if I help the whole community, the whole neighborhood to just rise up? So I started to get into that way more. You see skyscrapers in Detroit, you see houses that are burned down. You see entire neighborhoods that are basically disappeared. So as an employee back then for the automo- industry, automotive industry, I, I started to really dig in into getting to some education. I saw some YouTube videos and then got retargeted by Fortune Builders. Fortune Builders took me through a three-day seminar. I was able to not only explore like the fix and flip world and being able to do the VRR traditional methods, but also they introduced me to wholesaling and reverse wholesaling. That's what they used to call it, where you would flip contracts. So as I dove in more into the game, I was able to get a partnership with two great individuals Totally opposite to me. And we got into some flipping houses in Detroit. We purchased houses from a list in the internet that they were in auction. Unfortunately, this list had some rules. It was from Detroit Land Bank that I couldn't pass on the title for three years after purchasing. And we purchased the house without knowing this. So when we went ahead and started... The whole nine yard for flipping the house. We didn't realize that this model was not for us. It was more towards buying and holding this property for three years and potentially either living in this property or renting it. So we got really discouraged after that. And when we started like digging into different ways, we split ways just because the things that all the efforts that we put were not correct and because we all stopped pursuing doing the way that we were doing it, which was auctions and driving for dollars. So I started working with a a cash buyer in Detroit, all right? And the reason why I started working with this person was because once in a Facebook group was me saying, hey, who here needs help with digital marketing? And I had already taken a course from Frank Kern, Dan Henry, and some other guys that are digital marketers. And I said, let's take these courses and see how I can apply this to real estate investing and wholesaling. And my whole intention was to provide some value to anyone that would say yes and see if we can exchange value. So I wanted to learn from them and I wanted to provide what I could potentially do from what I have learned from these courses. So I started working with this real estate investor cash buyer in detroit from argentina who buys in volume about 350 plus homes a year and you might think like holy crap 350 plus homes a year but in reality detroit is pretty cheap so you can get homes for five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars fifteen thousand dollars back then so i was like wow this is amazing how they're making money they would flip it they would just fix the whole property and then put it under a property management company that was also owned by them. And then they would have buyers to sell these flip properties, but these buyers were international in Argentina. They would have like a huge marketing strategy where they would go on TVs, newspapers, things like this. And I realized that the whole reason why he approached me and saying let's work together with digital marketing is because he already was doing this on his buyer side. Right. So for him to get really high end investors in Argentina, he needed to run paid ads on TV, on radio, newspapers. And he had a huge list, but he didn't have enough homes. That's when I came in and I started helping him with Facebook, like specifically Facebook was the one that we would run a paid ad. We would put a graphic of a house and we'd say, need to sell your house fast and don't want to do any repairs for your property or your problem property we got you and then we would put down all the benefits of working for a real estate investor so think about sell selling your property as is choose your own closing date we pay in all closing costs and all these other benefits not working with a realtor not having people to walk through the entire listing process all these benefits and then we'll have a call to action that will send it to a landing page in this case was a lead form and after they submit this information we would ask them for the address of the property that they wanted to sell the reason why they wanted to sell the property so we would ask this question and when they were looking to sell their property to pre-qualify this so once we gathered this we sent it to my Argentinian investor friend that I was working with him and he would just grab that quickly send it to his bird dogs and then his bird dogs would just knock on the house and just have a conversation with them with this property owners and then after that we realized that we were getting a lot of interested people from facebook because we were putting it in front of her of their phone and on the news feed or also in instagram and he was able to generate a lot of property like interested sellers and acquire a lot of different properties. So he acquired about 24 properties within five months and he spent about $9,000 on ad spent. So at the end of the day, when he acquired his property and renovated this property and then sold it to real estate investors in Argentina for 50K, 60K, 70K, whatever that is, it was a big return. Then I moved forward into understanding that there was a huge opportunity here for me to like dive a little bit deeper into this and help my colleagues. So that's when I started like doing more freelance job into this. And now I'm able to, to say that I own a, a real estate investing wholesaling digital marketing agency. And we're rock and rolling.
1: That's awesome. That's a very interesting story you have there. You know, one thing also is you guys invest in Detroit. Like, Is that where you're from? So I'm from Colombia. So I was born in
0: Bogota, Colombia. I immigrated to Canada. I went to school got my citizenship. I was super young when I got there, 14 years old, and I went to university in Ottawa. The way I got to Detroit is because after graduation, I couldn't find a job in Toronto when I graduated, and I did a lot of Uber driving. So me just getting desperate, I couldn't find a job because I studied engineering. I couldn't find a job that would pay me well and that it was worth it for all these education expenses that I had, over $60,000. So I tried to find somewhere in the U.S. and someone in, in LinkedIn recruited me in Michigan. And that's how I went into Detroit. That was my main goal, to go into the U.S tap the market in the U.S., get that Canadian dollar, U.S. dollar conversion, which is 30% more, and be able to pay off my school. That was my goal. And and then I got it. It was Detroit. It's not like the best city of the United States, but it, it was something that I'm really grateful for.
1: So when you're there in Detroit, you know, from us, I was from California. Now I moved to Texas. We have this impression that Detroit is a super cheap market, especially back in 2017. I remember very heavily that a lot of people wanted to go into Detroit because you could find homes for $5,000, $10,000. I already heard of someone trading an iPhone for a house. You What know? what's that like? Like what's that like investing in Detroit? Cause I heard that you could just have all of your stuff stolen overnight. You know, like it's, it seems kind of scary.
0: Yeah. So here's the thing, man, Detroit, downtown, midtown on all the popular places is growing in a fast pace but just the neighborhoods itself, it, it still has that insecurity, it's not that safe. You will see very creepy like neighborhoods that you know either are vacant homes or not the best type of people walking around, but there's the good ones too. So Detroit, for the longest time ever since I got there, has launched programs to redevelop the city and just somehow make it go up how was 1950s, one of the best cities in the, in the world, the best cities in the, in the United States? Of course, it's gonna take time. So there is a lot of developers right now investing in Detroit. They started with downtown and then expanding around that circle. Midtown expanding around that script. And then you have the suburbs. The suburbs is where you see more of the regular pricing that you see around the US. But Detroit itself, you will see homes priced from right now on the market from 50K to 9K, 100K. Some are priced higher than that. Let's say, for example, the historic district, the historic area where there's a university there, you'll see brick homes, really beautiful homes, and they're priced higher and things like that. But it's an opportunity because there is so much movement of people trying to just ramp up that city there's so many developers and investors even um even quicken loans other type of investors out there they're putting big money into it So I was a big follower of that. And that's why I wanted and I keep investing in Detroit. So matter of fact, we just finished two flips and we're ready to list it in the market with my partners and project managers. And uh, houses are still selling for a good profit based on what we have purchased it. So yeah, there's still opportunity in Detroit. That's for sure. I want to say Michigan, Ohio are good opportunity areas.
1: So from your experience, are you... More so on the flipping side, wholesaling or buy and hold right now.
0: I really like the flipping side because of the journey that you go through and the end goal, right? So, like the flipping, you end up you end up seeing this house renovated and you get a big chunk of the profit and on to the next one. But at the same time, I also understand it takes a good amount of project management and a good amount of time to put into this. So it's not my most profitable. If I were to do flips, I would do like just a very few flips per month or every two months I would do flips. Something I'm able to manage because my cash cow right now, which is the agency is able to help me for to acquire for buy and hold Airbnb type of uh, properties that I want to uh, really focus on multifamily. All right. This is another thing I really want to focus on as well. Finding those opportunities for the long term and wealth creation flips are great. A wholesale, it's a never-ending acquisition game, so That That is good. Cash cow. But I can't tell you that I'm going to be creating a flipping business or a wholesale business and not go insane. I would go insane unless like I have a really good partner that helps me with the all integration side of it, glue things together. And I take care of sales, marketing, scaling the team, helping scale the team, things like that otherwise i wouldn't be able to do it cuz it's such an active marketing active real estate investing
1: yeah and also like with wholesaling and flipping you are pretty much doing everything on a one-off basis right like you work really hard you find one seller and you buy that one property from them but it's not like other businesses like as a lender as a real estate agent for you doing agency stuff you get referral business right other friends come in you have repeat customers they buy one two or three whereas for wholesaling and flipping it's like one and done and then, of course, when you're done, you're done. Versus like a burr or a short-term, like an Airbnb, you own the property so you can continuously make money off of it. And it grows over time. It snowballs.
0: Exactly. And take advantage of the tax, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's always tax benefits. Whereas for flipping houses and wholesaling, you're being taxed at like ordinary income levels. So, and that was also the stress too. Like, got to make sure that it runs well. But I mean, I think it's fun. Like once in a while, especially if you're like renovating a place and you're like, transforming a neighborhood one property at a time, slowly, slowly, slowly. So yeah.
0: Yes. One hundred percent. I see real estate such a such a huge opportunity just to be in. Even if you're just working as a disposition manager and helping wholesalers find cash buyers. Even if you're working as a lender, even if you're working as a transaction coordinator, even if you're working as whatever it is inside real estate investing and you get a taste of it and you start doing little by little to achieve great financial wealth, it's one of the best places to be in, right? I don't think it's ever going to end. So I really love that about it.
1: Yeah. So let's go into your digital marketing agency. I guess maybe give our listeners a brief overview of what you guys do and what are your most common platforms to start marketing? Yeah, sure. So
0: for anyone out there that is really looking to scale, we usually provide a service and it's productized, but it's a service that allows people to utilize the internet to get sellers to come to them, to get sellers that are highly interested and have the intention to talking to you about the offer, about selling their house for cash or whatever that is that you negotiate in the call. You will utilize Google and Facebook, all right? Right now, we're also working with Cracking the Code on TikTok and on YouTube. But for now, there's two main channels, Facebook and Google, which Facebook, it's the biggest social media platform and traffic platform where you can find eyeballs and every single one, your mother, grandmother, aunt is in Facebook. So it just makes sense for us to put our advertising, just like we do Bandit Science or just like we do Direct Mail on Facebook and get these people to click on an advertising once it says, hey, we buy houses for cash or sell your house within seven days or get a an instant offer or get an offer within 24 hours. Whatever it is that we have as an offer, they see it, they would open up a landing page or a lead form where we would ask them questions and pre-qualify them. So imagine having people that have already gone through some friction, have already gone through some effort into contacting you or trying to get contacted and having those people information right in your inbox or your customer relationship management software it's really convenient especially for very busy people or people that don't want to scale by adding human beings in their marketing area so for example if you're doing cold calling you do realize that you have to download the list of the properties that you want to skip trace skip trace this list put it into your dialer have a virtual assistant or a call caller to call these lists and if you want to do more and you want to make sure to hit more people you have to hire another virtual assistant train this virtual assistant or call caller and you would just add heads into your company a lot of people do this well but a lot of people also struggle doing this so the power of digital marketing is that we can pay facebook and google to tell these guys homeowners sellers i'm here and you have a pain point you have a need i can help you i'm the real estate investor that buys houses for cash or i can make sure that i can buy your property and you don't have to take care of anything not even deal with any agent sharing fees any repairs for the property, any closing costs, nothing. So come, just give me your information, easy process. I'll give you a call. We'll make sure to understand what's going on with your situation. And once you tell us how the property looks like and how everything is, I'm going to ask you for a price. You give me the price. We negotiate. Boom, done deal, right? So the beautiful thing about that is everything is coming inbound, right? And it's high intent. Google is high intent marketing because people are searching on Google. And Facebook is interruption marketing, but also can target people that have the intention that are searching on Google, searching on Facebook itself, asking people around on Messenger or in Instagram or typing keywords here and there for help. So those are the two beautiful things that we actually are able to leverage. As a matter of fact, for my own agency, I also run Facebook advertising and Google Ads because I know the power of this. And that's exactly what we can help real estate investors with, and that's what I've been able to, the guy from Detroit helped from the very beginning. And then not only this, but you systemize the whole process. So imagine, for example, this guy in Detroit, I used to send him leads that would go to a spreadsheet. All right? This guy used to copy this information paste it on his WhatsApp, send it to his bear dogs. His bear dogs will try to call the seller, but at the same time drive to the property. Okay. Now, what we can do, and we added this through time and understanding the benefits and, and some bottlenecks, the seller gives us the information. Instead of just putting it into a spreadsheet, we'll send it to a CRM. Instead of just storing it into a CRM, we'll program the CRM so that a bot can send them text messages and emails, so that it sparks a conversation and then the conversation whenever they say let's talk the the bot will continue the conversation and and alert you that someone is writing there but not only this it tells you as soon as the lead comes in it tells you and your team hey call it's time for you to call here is one task boom a task assigned now you have a task assigned to call this person within two minutes of getting the seller because this person is probably in some sort of aim point or probably trying to find a solution fast. So you have to be very quickly and we're telling every single one of our members to call within those two or three minutes. It's important, especially for Google ads. People are searching and to do it as fast as possible so that you can get them on the phone. And also another bottleneck that we found that we ended up really kind of trying to help to fix was the sales process, right? so for example when i was an employee i was an engineering position i was always a go-getter very like open-minded friendly and things like that but i was never trained on sales so i didn't understand the sales aspect of everything i would just go like free for all if i get a call if i have someone interested i wouldn't know what to do i'll try to my best to to like make the sale happen but i wouldn't know what to do so when you come in uh, a lot of real estate investors flippers, wholesalers, creative finance, investors, whatever that is, that's one thing that they're lacking a lot because they don't understand that lead generation has to come with sales. They have to align. So we put together kind of like a course. It was more like a coaching that is weekly. We have a coach that trains people on acquisitions like sales. So the moment that the seller comes in, you will know what to do based on proven process like sales process so it's not like you're going and you don't know what's gonna happen after you get a seller you will get some guidelines you will have guidelines and a framework okay a script can help but the framework is the best and you're gonna be able to understand how we talk from this person from the beginning have an everlasting impression understanding how to ask them questions about their situation to extract what you need which is admonition so that at the end you guys can discuss an offer and potentially lock it up under their contract. So everything has a process, right? And uh, that's something that we've been able to add as a, a value add for our members because we found that bottleneck.
1: Yep. And I think what you said was really important how when you create a system such that you get inbound leads and then they have to go through some, some frustrations and struggles to even submit their forms, right? Then by the time they're willing to talk to you, they are already like pre qualified themselves. Versus the other way around where I've sent out direct mail pieces to people, I've door-knocked, and they're like, why are you reaching out to me? I didn't tell you that my house was sale. I have no interest in selling my home. And sometimes they even leave us like very nasty voicemails. Yeah. By doing the inbound version, suddenly, like you said, you're kind of like in this authoritative figure. Right? They see you as someone. They, oh, this person has an online presence. Maybe this person seems nice. Let's work with them. And I mean, I do that for my own business, right? So I do hard money loans. I have coworkers who do cold outreach, they reach out to flippers, they reach out to other investors, and people look at them like, who are you? you know, why are you reaching out to me? I already have a lender that I work with, I don't really want to work with someone new. Whereas in my case, they see me on YouTube, they see the podcast, they meet me in person, and they say, oh my god, I get to work with Sean, this is great. So inbound leads create sales a lot better than outbound leads. And like you said, I was an engineer too. In my previous life, I used to be an engineer, I don't know anything about sales. I'm Like you said, I'm really bad with cold pitches. If I had to call a random investor and tell them, hey, my name is Sean, I work for Blah 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 Lending, and here's what we offer, it wouldn't go so well. So, yeah, creating the funnels so that they reach out to you is so much better than just trying to go out yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, like, for example, in terms of any type of business where you're using a personal brand, just like yours, you're 100% over time will create an authoritative figure you see it my esl comes out but i figured where you're an authority on a specific market or whatever it is that you're mastering right so for instance you are private lending i'm assuming you are real estate investing and you put yourself out there in social media you put yourself out there in search engines that allow people to see you with different eyes when they approach you all right and the conversation is going to be much much easier than if it was a cold approach because you will have already created some sort of report created familiarity with them which breeds trust right and ultimately what trust does is that it breeds sales right so having a personal brand just like you that you decided to take your effort into youtube tiktok instagram whatever you're doing and just putting your marketing efforts your front-end efforts in there and then the back-end will be much easier is one of the best investments that you would do for your business in a long-term scenario because it
1: doesn't work right away no way it takes years and pain lots of pain lots of years it needs it takes so much time yeah for sure yes but the cool thing is at the end of the day like you said it creates trust so if you have two people with the exact same product or even in your case, you have two potential home buyers for this real estate property, and they're offering similar terms. If you know and trust someone, you might even accept their offer even if it's a little bit lower because you trust them more versus some unknown entity. And you're like, like I don't know, like is their offer legit? So it does you know, help to have these things. 100%. And the same thing
0: applies for any type of service or product that you sell out there. It's funny and still works. The more value you add and the perception that they have of you to people, even if you say selling something more expensive compared to your competition, right? People will still buy from you. So if your competition is like a couple hundred bucks less and they offer technically the same thing as you, the fact that you already have added so much value to them, they trust you. All right. They know that whatever it is that you're doing is going to take them to their business vacation, right? They know that you have awesome credibility, awesome, testimonials people that already have worked with them I'm gonna just take my risk and because most decision makers make decisions based on value and trust they would work with you a lot of decision-makers that make decisions based on price it's because they just want to save money and not want to make money usually that's the way it is but of course like to each its own and I would respect and will take in anyone as, as soon as they are a good fit but just having that trust there you're even able to charge more for your product and raise your prices
1: so speaking of pricing what do you think it costs to some kind of digital marketing campaign for real estate investors
0: yeah so if you want to do like digital marketing and depending what that is Google or Facebook you usually would want to range. you would you, you see the range between 1500 dollars to 2500 dollars a month depending on what type of services or things they would do for you all right so we're within the lower end of the spectrum because what we want to do we want to make sure is that we add as much value as possible all right so that you see our service valuable and boom we come in with another value add that you can add as an extra bonus so you can add our call center and our call center is an American call center. As soon as the lead comes in, you don't have the time to follow up fast. Our call center will do it, right? That's another add-on that you can do, all right? So as long as we're able to provide value, an immense amount of return for our clients, that's what we care about, right? So 1500 to 2500 that you would see from other agencies. And you have to put also the ad spend, which is something that a lot of people think of oh, 1500 that's good enough that's like a VA and scraping list and things like that well thing is that digital marketing is a little bit more expensive than outreach right so with digital marketing you have to take into account the ad spend so how much Facebook eats and how much Google eats like you're feeding these channels right like we're feeding them they're the ones that do the work we are the uh, super scientist in the back end, right? Like we're making sure that we're putting the orchestra real well and the algorithm is working very well so we can get sellers. And that's exactly, that's exactly what we're going to do to Google and Facebook. And the more ad spend that you put on Google, of course, the more leads you're going to get. With Facebook, you have to be able to put at least on a minimum basis, if you want to have this going with a consistent lead flow, about $33 all the way to $50 minimum, this is bare bones. But if you want to do more, more volume and you you want to talk with more sellers, have more deals per month, depending on what your goals are, you potentially just ramp up the notch on Facebook as well. So Google $100 per day, it's a minimum bare bones, something that I would recommend. And Facebook $33 to $50 a day on Facebook. All right. There's other channels that would consume less. Some other channels that will be in between. But for now, Google and Facebook has been our have been our bread and butter, and we do that pretty well.
1: So it's around fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars per month just to use your services, and then the ad spend on, on top. So another hundred dollars for Google, fifty for Facebook.
0: Yes, one hundred percent. That's uh, that's what you also will see in the industry. All right, I want to say that sometimes you might be able to find a freelance that just like me, I used to do it before that, Hey, like I'm trying this out. I'm testing it. I am not an agency. I cannot give you customer support, automation, sales training, all these other added things, but I can potentially do this for a fraction of the price. And that's what I used to do before I used to charge maybe $750 a month or something like this as a freelance for me to get my feet wet. But if you want an agency that has enough amount of value and you want to have a team, so for example, us, we make sure that our client has a, an operations manager, has a systems specialist, has a sales coach trainer, and has an account manager, right? So they have people, right? They feel like they're in a the business, okay? And of course, we will run the advertising, right? I'm in the back end, I'm saying, hey, how's everything going? Is this client being treated nicely? That's what I'm gonna be
1: doing. Okay, nice. And with like you know 150 dollars per day, 100 Google and 50 on Facebook, what can someone expect in terms of the number of impressions or the number of potential callbacks and deals? I guess from your average client that you've been working with in the past. 150 dollars on Google. You said 100 Google and 50 on Facebook, so combined is 150.
0: Gotcha. So all of this is going to depend on different different factors, different variables. And I know that maybe you were waiting, ah, oh, it all depends. But so you will have, for example, the state of California where you are is extremely expensive unless you go north. And some parts of central California are best, are good. But if you're in California, man, and you want to do PPC, expect to pay like high like high ticket cost per lead. Expect it, South Cali, san francisco bay area expect high ticket paper lead but it all going to depend so even if it is high ticket paper lead you also know that potentially the profits on your flips or on your wholesale deals are also larger so it makes sense right there is a direct correlation of your profits your assignment or whatever it is after you profited after the sale of the flip so if you're in cali and you're spending
1: which city are you in so I was in the Bay Area, but I actually moved to Texas, so I'm in Dallas now.
0: All right, Texas. where in Texas, Dallas? All right, okay perfect. So Bay Area, Bay Area for Facebook, you would expect probably closer to200 dollars per lead on Facebook. This is extremely high compared to a lot of markets in the US. Now, I mean if you're a flipper and you your flips, you make 80k, 800k like would you pay for thousand
1: dollars for a lead
0: that is going to close?
1: Dude, people pay $20,000 for marketing. Exactly. For Bay Area deals. They go cold calling, direct mail, et cetera. So it's normal. Exactly. So if you're paying, even if it is
0: like a $1,000 lead, and if this person's qualified, needs to sell, it has a pain point, and everything you got to do is just you run them through your sales process, would you be very confident on paying for this lead that you know you're going to work it? All day.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if you know you're going to work it, $1,000 is nothing easy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because it, it gives you a big return. Of course, we don't exactly know who are the sellers that are going to be that because they're human beings, uh, that person. So we still have to care about like what's going to be our cost, but also what's going to be our cost per acquisition, which is cost per contract and cost per deal, right? So because it all depends, all right, you In Dallas, you could potentially find sellers for $65 all the way to $100 on Facebook, all right? That's that's kind of like the range. And it will fluctuate throughout time because every single month of the year is different, right? Different advertising traffic. And on Google, if you're putting $100, which is the bare bones, I want to say that you're in Dallas. Dallas is a competitive area, especially for Google Keyword for search terms, I would expect that you could potentially pay over $300 for a lead, okay? That you would pay over $300 for a lead. Maybe you can get to a $500 for Google. So that means that the expectation with $3,000 in ad spend would be from, I wanna say, let's say worst case scenario to best case scenario, three to 10 sellers from Google PPC per month.
1: Yeah, that's actually not pretty bad. That's kind of like the range. And then, do you guys see that insight, or you just have to wait for your clients to report to you? So, uh, what we're able to see uh, most of the time, based on
0: population, I want to say like a good rule for minimum five hundred thousand on population, you could be good, even if you spend like two, two to three k, two to three k, you could be good at uh, doing that. If you're doing it yourself and your population is less than that, I think you could potentially do 2K and you'll be well off. But the more the population goes, the more budget we could potentially have to put in and the more focused our search terms and keywords have to have to be. So for example, if we are going to start your campaign, We have a a range of what could potentially be like in, let's say, Jacksonville, or let's say Tampa, or let's say Detroit area, Ohio, all these markets are where we worked on, right? We can know exactly what cost per lead has been for other clients. But other than that, we will just have to do a search volume on keywords and search terms compared to the population of, of the county or the area that you want to do it and determine whether this is going to be something that is going to be expensive or like fairly market. One thing I do got to tell you is that for Google PPC three months to six months is your expectation for it to ramp up, like have consistent, fluent lead generation when you're doing localized targeting. So that means that three months you have to let, google what it does we make sure that we put all our best efforts best most focused keywords search terms ads copy all this that works a specific bit on the cost per click we do this we make sure because we already have done a lot of different markets in the us we make sure that we tighten up for google to give us the best cost best quality of everything but still will take about three to six months to ramp like to start getting like leads every single day, right? Other than that, you would have to 100% just have that three-month period present for Google PPC and have the budget for it to happen, because not everyone can do it. That's why this is Google PPC is for people that want to take it to a next level or that absolutely can't afford it. They're in a high-paying job and they just want to get those fresh inbound sales, right? If you don't have experience with real estate investing, wholesaling, talking on the phone, I highly recommend to you that sometimes you do pick up the phone and just call people. Like call people and talk to people. And that will get you the practice with the hardest leads, which are cold call leads. And it will get you that flow of, hey, now I know what it takes and what I'm going to talk to So that when inbound sellers come in, be like, oh my God, this is so easy. Now I have to do a mindset shift. People are coming motivated. Now I have to uncover whether they're really motivated or not. Like they're coming motivated. So your job is to uncover whether that's true or not. That's kind of like how the mindset has to be like, all right. And then other than that, man, like let Google what it does best. You know, use the algorithm. Yeah.
1: So I'm curious. Now that you guys do like Google and Facebook, you mentioned that you want to move into like YouTube or even TikTok in the future. What do you envision that to be like? Because, you know, I'm on TikTok, but I don't see clients coming from TikTok. I don't see home sellers on TikTok. Oh, no. From, wait, wait. Oh, home sellers. Yeah. Because for property, for lending, yes, 100%. Well, I don't know. Like you tell me, like, what what are your thoughts? Like, how are you trying to get ads for home sellers on TikTok? Like, how's that going to work? So a good thing is that I've done a little
0: bit of research of what's the adoption of TikTok on our potential avatar. Our prospects our best type of leads, which are usually people that are above 45, 40 years old, 50 years old, all this. And the ad- adoption is pretty like surprising. About 30 percent of people in TikTok have 40 plus. And that means that as it gets more adoptive and because it has such a high engagement, there's an opportunity to get to your right person. All right? So what we're doing right now is we're going through phases of testing. We basically are testing videos, it has to be video, on TikTok. And we're making sure that we have a specific format where we have a hook, all right? We have a hook that we can hook them within the first three seconds. We start spilling the opportunity that they can have by submitting the property address on this website or this app or this survey and they can sell the property fast and then they can also get these other benefits and maybe i can mention some testimonials and walk them through the entire survey collection like going through the survey with a video and you can also do it as a video itself like just like me doing this as a video and it could also potentially work. You could be in the site, you can be in the field in front of a house and have the same structure, right? Where you have a hook, educate, and then have an offer, call to action. And you have to do it very fast because it has to be 60 seconds or less. The adoption is so, it's going so well on TikTok with these age groups that we're gonna be trying it and we can also target with targeting an audiences that Facebook doesn't have right now. Or Google, for example, Facebook used to target zip codes. You could target any age by any means on housing. used to target behaviors, people that they're looking to sell their house, people with low income, high income. It used to be like that. When Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg got into trouble with the government, they changed all of that. But TikTok is so fresh that it's kind of like a blue ocean for a lot of industries that want to be very detailed targeting right? It doesn't have too many restrictions. So it's huge also because it has a lot of engagement, but you have to know how to do the ad and quickly get them into your funnel so that they can give you the information and create a lead and then book an appointment. So that's what we're doing with TikTok. As a matter of fact, this weekend, I am filming another video. We have already one video filmed for TikTok, and we're going to be doing two variations for home sellers. And I'm also going to be running agency ads because I believe I can also do agency ads. Be like, hey, you're an investor and you're trying to get sellers to come to you instead of you doing so much cold calling Listen to me. What I have for you is an opportunity where you can get motivated sellers from Facebook ads. I can do this kind of things, right? And I can invest into TikTok and put some ad spend into TikTok. And YouTube is very similar but the good thing about YouTube is that you don't have 60 seconds, you have more time, but you still have those three seconds where you can, you have to capture their attention and then fully educate them into the opportunity that we have and then hook them, tell them, Hey, just click on the button below so that we can give you this or you can learn more about it and it's a good way. We have done YouTube for home sellers. It has worked. It continuously work. We have a client. In Jacksonville, that does YouTube for home sellers? I'm not saying it's something that it's already proven and a process that it's already proven. Why do I say this? Because you rel- you rely heavily on video. So, if I don't have an evergreen video that works all the time for every single client, and I make every single client do a separate video each time, you will have different results, right? Because every single video is going to be different. So the performance of that video is gonna be different, right? The client that I tried this to is a client that has been with us for two years and the client is awesome in video. Like he's really good talking to people and be on video. So we were like, let's get it, let's do it. And we would use, it's the same platform and Google because Google and YouTube, same thing. But the only difference is that you would use more of uh, the behavioral and interest targeting based on YouTube. All right. And if you want to categorize Google with Facebook and where does YouTube lay on, I would say that Facebook is the cheapest, Google is the most expensive, and YouTube is in between.
1: That's so interesting. You have to keep you updated on how it goes with YouTube and TikTok. Cause like I mentioned, I'm on TikTok. I do hard money loans, but I don't want, like, you know, respectfully, the people on TikTok are not my ideal client base for hard money loans. Yes. So I'm like, all right, I prefer my clients coming from YouTube or from the podcast or from meetup groups. But again, who knows, as the demographic shifts, as more people go on TikTok, maybe that will change, who knows.
0: Yeah, yeah. And remember that, you said it yourself, man. When you set up a funnel, you can always filter those those tire kickers, those people that you don't wanna work with, right? Even if TikTok doesn't have your right audience, you can have a survey long enough or that has enough friction that tire kickers and people that don't have the intentions of really working with you just get off the funnel real fast,
1: right? That's true. I mean, if I can have them just fill out a form and if they have, you know, the credit score is not there or the loan amount isn't high enough, then right away, we can tell them right there, hey, it won't work. Yeah. Anyways, great ideas. Esteban, it's been great having you on the show. Go ahead and let our audience know where they can find out more about you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at estenik, so E-S-T-E-N-I-C-K. Send me a message down there. I usually respond. If all of you guys are at the same time, are going to send me a message. Probably will be hard and it'll take some time. But you can also add me on Facebook or even join our Facebook group. So it's called Real Estate Investing and Wholesaling Marketing and Conversion Mastery. That's the name of the Facebook group. Again, Real Estate Investing and Wholesaling Marketing and Conversion Mastery. We also have a podcast. You can find the podcast in Apple Store, Spotify, whatever that is. All these podcast channels. It's called Online Hustlers with Esteban Andretti. And uh, I provide a lot of value because I try to get people that really want to give it all. And they have, they're an open book. And I try to extract as much good information. And I have great REIs, estate investors, wholesalers, flippers in there.
1: And what's the name of your agency?
0: My agency is called Hustle Media. So it's not hustle like H-U-S-T-L-E. It's H-E-S-E-L hustle so like i want it to be different man like <laughs> so but the pronunciation of it is h-e-s-e-l with inverted e's but it's hassle media
1: okay Yeah. Okay? very cool sounds good so check out hassle media is that the website has that they can find you hasslemedia.com you can also find me at com. okay awesome well, Esteban, thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And hopefully, you know, our listeners can check out you guys out and get some good leads for their next real estate projects. Thank you so much, Sean. Absolutely. I hope that your customers also get good loans, man. Absolutely. All right. All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find the show notes and other episodes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. If you live in the Bay Area, join our meetup group where we meet up twice a month in San Jose at meetup.com slash everythingrei. And if you thought this was a great episode, Let me know what your key takeaway was and share it with a friend who's interested in real estate investing. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll only take a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at sean at everythingrei.com. That's S-E-A-N at everythingrei.com. Thanks and have a great day.